The Radio Essentials Podcast. A podcast about radio with your host, James Marriott. Hello and welcome to the Radio Essentials Podcast. Spring has officially sprung. Well, I mean, it has if you're listening to this episode when it actually comes out, because this is the March 2022 episode of the podcast. And you know what? We all love March, don't we? For many reasons. We've got lighter nights, um, no more scraping the ice off the car in the morning, hopefully. Uh, St. Patrick's (laughs) Day is in there. This year, uh, and I've never done this happen before, Pancake Day falls in March as well. And of course, March means lots more winners on Hearts Make Me a Millionaire. And it's funny that we should mention Hearts because it just so happens that today's guest is from... BBC Radio Cornwall. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, from <laughs> from Heart, it's Resi Gadjar. Resi, thank you for joining us. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I, I, I say this, I'm assuming that you've never done any cover work on BBC Radio Cornwall. No, I haven't. I feel like I've worked at a lot of different radio stations, but no, not Radio Cornwall, no. <laughs> I, I don't even know if there is a Radio Cornwall. I'm saying all this. I'm probably I know, highly that. insulting. It might be called something <laughs> completely different. Uh, we are going to talk radio and lots of it. Um, but first, I mean, how do you make a podcast sound just a little bit more like a radio show? Well, you play the celebrity birthday game uh, for people who all have a birthday in March. But is their age higher or lower than the last one? I'm just going to say I'm going to be so rubbish at this. I'm (laughs) going to be so rubbish at this. I'm just setting the bar really low from the start. (laughs) I I love prepping this because, you know, you try and find people where you see their age and think, no way is that their age. No way they're that old. And they're the brilliant ones to include. Um, We're going to (laughs) start with... I don't know if he's still kind of active, but certainly a few big hits at the start of the noughties. The singer Finley Quay. It's Finley's birthday on the 25th of March. He's your starting point. So uh, give us give us a rough guess. Where do you reckon? What kind of age are we looking at for Finley Quay? Now, I think I'm already going to fail here because I have no idea who Finley Quay is. No way. <laughs> so uh, Finley Quay, he sang... Um, Oh gosh, uh, the sun is shining, the weather is sweet. Yeah, I think surely that's a bit of a heart summer classic, isn't it? Maybe, no. I, maybe, it's, maybe, it's, <laughs> maybe it's maybe maybe it's too old. Maybe I'm too old. Something's too old in this equation. Okay, I reckon I could have. I reckon I could do a good guess at this though. The fact that I haven't heard of Finley Quay, I think. Um, so, so this is the age they're going to be in March, right? So I think. I'm going to go with mid... I mean, I'm going to be... I could be so off here, but I'm going to go 55. Okay, you're not a million miles off, to be fair. He's a little bit younger than that, though. He is 48. Oh, oh to, to be fair, that wasn't too bad. It's not far off at all. It's not far off at all. Um, it, it's obviously okay. easier from this point because you just go higher or lower for the for the next three. So yeah, next up is, um, I mean, she was actress. Um, she's She just kind of became famous for generally being famous. Patsy Kensit also married, was it Liam Gallagher that she, uh, that she married once upon a time? So her birthday is oh, the yeah. 4th of March, higher or okay. lower than 48. Oh, this is really hard. Patsy Kensett. I'm going to say... Oh, this is so hard. Oh, I want to go higher. I want to go higher. I think higher than 48. 
you would be correct to say higher. Yes. She is 54 this March. Oh, that's good. Thank goodness I got that correct. There's, there's actually, <laughs> uh, this is unintentional, but there is a theme here. There's a bit of an acting theme uh, through the uh, through the people we have today. So next, Shane Ritchie, who is, yeah, actor. He does some singing as well, doesn't he? He's presented yeah. various TV shows. His birthday is the 11th of March, but okay. higher or lower than Patsy Kenzie at 54. I, de- I love Shane Ritchie. I definitely think higher but I don't think by much, maybe a couple of years. But yeah, I'm going to say higher with this one. You have deduced that very, very well. He will be 58, so yes. what, four four years older than um, Patsy Kensit. Now, this oh, is the yes. one. This is the one that I think is is re- this is cruel. This is really, really difficult. <laughs> so okay, uh, it's a birthday on the 25th of March. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Higher Sarah or Jessica lower? Parker than 58 oh this is so hard i've actually just finished watching the latest series of um well sex and city and just like that so i think i actually think she is older oh is she i mean she doesn't look it but i have she doesn't look it at all but i have a feeling she might be slightly older than chain ritchie so i'm gonna say yeah older i think it's only slightly though there's one year difference between them. So Shane Ritchie at 58, Sarah Jessica yeah. Parker, 57. Oh, one no. One year younger. But you oh, were, no. I mean, you were so close there. Your reasoning was absolutely <laughs> spot on. You just went to the to the wrong side. But um, I mean, she does look amazing for 57 still. She doesn't look 57 at all. She does. Uh, absolutely does. So almost a full house there. Uh, you got um, you got Patsy like right. That. you got Shane right. So, um, so well done. Right. Now we, we get on to the serious stuff now. Um, okay. And I always like to start by asking guests kind of what, what the moment was. When, when did you fall in love with radio? I love answering this question because um, it's so weird because actually I didn't want to work in radio originally. I always wanted to be a TV presenter. And when I was at university, I studied television and video production. And the idea was always to go into telly and work as a presenter on screen. When I first started working in television, I was working as a runner on a show and it was actually a music producer that I was working with that said to me, do you know what, if you want to work as a television presenter, have you ever thought about doing radio presenting? And I was like, no, (laughs) why would I think of doing that? I was like, I want to do telly. But he was just like, yeah, but you know, another string to your bow and all that. Um, So I thought about it and I was like, actually, that's quite a good idea. Um, And it was, I started off actually doing community radio and as soon as I started doing it, I just loved it. I loved it. I, there's something about radio that's just, it's so intimate, isn't it? You're, you're basically talking to one person, you're playing them really amazing music. You're telling them what's going on and whether it's in the showbiz world or something that's going on with you. And it's just so intimate. It, intimate. It's very different to working in television. Yeah. And I think as soon as I started working for the community radio station, that's when I realised, actually, do you know what? I really love this. And this is something that I definitely want to pursue. Give us give us a plug then for the community station that you uh, that you started at. It's Vibe One Hundred Seven Point Six. So it's in um, it's in Watford, and do you know what? It's such a good station. I'm not that I've got much experience with other community radio stations, but I feel like Vibe is so professional. 
And it's funny because when I used to volunteer for them, I obviously went there knowing nothing at all about radio. I didn't know how to use a studio. I didn't know how to do a show, what to say. But in Hertfordshire, where it is, a lot of places actually used to play Vibe. It's, it's really well known. And I used to go, I used to record a show for them in the afternoon and I'd go to the local sports centre and do swimming in the afternoon and my show would be playing out in the pool. It was just so <laughs> weird. Um, but it was really cool. A lot of places knew it. It's, it was very po- it's very popular in Watford. And actually, a lot of bigger radio stations that... Um, I've spoken to or I've gone on to work with they've all said that they often listen to Vibe to get talent lots of talented people Mm. have come from there that's that's great I I mean there are so many really good community radio stations out there I did have to chuckle in the middle of that as well with you mentioning about listening to yourself while you go swimming I was remembering the the experience (laughs) of um, hearing hearing myself in a shopping centre while I was in the toilets having a wee which was oh really uh, Quite, quite the experience. Was it weird? Did you think like, at first were you like, did you know straight away when you walked in like, oh, this is my show? Or were you just sat there mid-flow and suddenly thought, <laughs> I recognise that voice? It was um, It was actually my first full-time job in radio. So it wasn't my first time kind of on, on the radio, but the first time kind of doing it full-time properly. Um, yeah. And I was really, really proud, so much so, that I considered turning to the guy at the urinal next to me to tell him, that's me on the radio. But you think in that situation with what's going on, it just didn't yeah. feel appropriate, didn't feel yeah. right. I'm, I'm not sure whether or not it might have led to uh, to an awkward situation, shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we say this? I think I feel like this is something we need to put out on Twitter at some point for like radio yeah. folk, which is where's the weirdest place that yeah. you've um, that you've heard yourself or yeah. that a listener has told you that they've been listening to you while while you know while you've been on the on the on the radio Um, yeah that's so true do you know what actually quick funny story I remember once I was about to get into the shower and um this is when I was still volunteering at Vibe so I had this show that used to play out every afternoon I was about to get into the shower and my sister called me and I had I was listening to music on my phone so I had my phone right there and so I thought I better answer it um, because I thought it was an emergency and when I picked up the phone she was like oh my gosh I'm with someone who listens to your radio show and they want to speak to you (laughs) so I didn't know what to say I had no clothes on I was about to get into the shower it was really awkward so I was just like okay literally I had this person like oh my gosh I love listening to you it was very embarrassing but yeah I think that would be great to put on Twitter I'm sure we'd get some interesting stories from that yes um <laughs> I I hesitated in the middle of that because I was thinking do I want to tell this story or not because this is still oh, someone that I know but um someone that I used to work with who told me oh I was listening to you the other day while I was having a vasectomy which uh, <laughs> Which I mean, we're setting the bike quite quite high with our with our you stories win. there. So let's see let's see whether anyone can can beat us on um, on that one. Um, Brilliant. You, I, I think you you kind of touched on this slightly earlier on because your so your kind of career starts in television, but you yeah. weren't in front of the camera initially. Yeah, so when I finished university, I actually got a job as a runner working in telly, which was really, really fun. So I was a runner for about three or four months. And just if you don't know what a runner is, you're basically someone that goes and makes the teas and the coffees. I used to go and get people's lunches. I used to get sent out to do the weirdest things or buy the weirdest props for shows. So I did that for about three or four months. And then I got promoted to be a researcher. And I was working on like a big entertainment show that was called Got to Dance. They used to go out on Sky One, actually. And it was this huge dance show. And I always wanted to be a dancer originally before I wanted to work in television. So I loved working on the show. So I kind of was going that way. And from that, you would have gone on to be a producer and then an exec producer. But I wanted to kind of make the switch over to 
TV presenter. And it was just from one day being in the office that I was sat with our music producer. I, I was working on the music team. So I used to license and um, we had all the, the the groups or the dancers that were going to be on the show and they'd tell us what songs they want to dance to. And it was down to us to get permission from Sky for them to be able to dance to these songs. And uh, my music producer said to me, oh, you know, if you, you say you want to be a TV presenter. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really want to work on telly. He was just like, oh, you know, you should ever you should think about working in radio as well. And I had that conversation as to, you know, why would yeah. I want to do that? And then from that, he recommended, you know, getting in touch with community uh, radio or like hospital radio, which is how I kind of went on to work at Vibe 107.6, yeah. uh, which I was doing alongside my researching. And then also I got, it got to the point where I worked on the Sky One show for a year and I loved it, but I needed to make the jump into doing TV presenting. So I kind of just decided to leave. I think I was casting actually for a dancer. I was, I was casting for a contemporary dancer to be on the show. And I thought of this girl that I used to go to uni with because before I was doing a, a TV, before I did television and video production at Southampton, I actually did another um, course at Winchester University, which was film and media combined with dance, basically, because I wanted to be a dancer. And uh, I remember this this girl being on my course that was an incredible dancer and I wanted to cast her to be on our show. And it was from speaking to her that she was like, oh, I'm not doing dancing anymore. Um, you know, I'm working at a shopping channel and I'm this glamorous assistant. And I was like, oh, I really want to go on to do presenting. So she kind of put me in touch with them. So that was what made made my jump over to television. And then alongside that, I was doing the community radio station as well. So that's kind of where it all started with presenting. Talk us through kind of what happens from that point then. What what kind of then, what's the journey that, that leads you to, to what you're doing now? It was really tough, actually. It's a, it's a really competitive industry. So with the TV side of things, I was working as this glamorous assistant at this shopping channel. And um, so it was really good because... It, it was called Bid TV and Price Drop TV, so they're not around anymore. But it was really nice because I got the talkback experience, you know, where you have like an earpiece in your ear and you have the gallery talking to you. And it was a, a live television environment. So that was really good for me to learn how to feel, to learn how to work with a presenter, to learn cues. And all these things really helped actually with radio, because obviously you've got to stick to timings with radio. You're talking over intros, you're talking over timed ramps. So it all kind of tied in together. So I was working at Bid and Price Drop TV. And then at the same time, I was doing this um, community radio station at Vibe. And I think at Vibe, they put me on to do like a Monday night pre-recorded show. And I remember doing that at Vibe for about uh, one or two months. And I was thinking to myself, how is this going to get me anywhere? Like, I, I, this isn't going to get me anywhere. Like, who's even listening to this? Is anyone actually listening? Um, and then after a couple of months, the people that were running Vibe contacted me and said, do you know what? We want to move you up to do daytime. And um, someone at the shopping channel uh, who also was kind of dabbling in radio had said to me, do you know what? You need to get live experience if you're doing radio. Like you've done the pre-recorded stuff now. You know, you know roughly what you're doing. You need to start learning how to use the desk. So I said to my bosses at Vibe, oh, I want to learn, you know, how to do a desk live. So can I start doing a, a live show? So then they moved me on to doing, I think it was drive time. So I started doing drive time for them on a Thursday and Friday, um, which was really good because... The shopping channel stuff was on a weekend. So I used to do that kind of over the weekend, which was good. And then I could come in and volunteer and do my radio show on a Thursday and Friday. 
And then from that with the TV stuff, I then moved on to, this is so random, but I was working on a, I started working on a psychic show. <laughs> so I'm not a psychic at all, but I was um, presenting the show. And again, it was live TV and I was interviewing people. So the TV stuff kind of started going that way. And I started kind of moving up with that. And then I was kind of working the radio stuff alongside it. So I think after doing, doing Vibe for drive time for about maybe three or four months I thought you know what I'm going to start sending around demos and there was a radio station in Aylesbury called Mix 96 and at the time I lived not too far from Watford I was living in Hemel Hempstead so someone at the station helped me make my first ever demo which was terrible I was so bad and I still have it now on my SoundCloud I think I played it out to someone the other day just just for a laugh um because I was like gosh how awful was I but at the time you know I hadn't done it for that long so I sent off this demo to Mix 96 and they came back to me and the, the guy that was running the station he said to me do you know what I used to volunteer at Vibe actually um and he was like you you know your voice is really good but you just don't have the experience and I was a bit cheeky and I emailed back and said do you know what just l- let me come in and get the experience then so he got back to me and he was like you know what sure come in and have a chat with me so I went in I had a chat with him and he was like I'm going to get you on to pre-record a show for us on a Saturday just as a one-off so I went in to do that and honestly James it took me like five hours to record this show (laughs) because I just had no idea what I was doing really I didn't have a lot of experience and I wanted it to be perfect so I was there the whole day I then sent out another demo to lots of other stations and just from having Mix 96 on there there was another radio station called Reading 107 and they then got in touch and they were like you know what we actually need someone to cover it was um Fia Tarrant actually which is funny because we've we've me and Fia have actually worked together quite a lot since then so they needed someone to cover for her I went and had a chat with them and the guy that was running Reading 107 he said to me do you know what I used to go to uni with the guy that runs Mix 96 and we lived together and I noticed that he put you on to do a pre-recorded show so you know if he trusts you I'm going to trust you and put you on to do a live show. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. So then I did that and I had that on my CV. So then obviously you make a new demo and you send it out and more places start coming back to you. So it got to the point where I think I'd I'd sent a demo to Hart and I'd also sent a demo to Capital and Hart had got me in, I think. I went to one of their regional stations, it was Milton Keynes, um, and had a chat with them and I started demoing for them there. And then they ended up putting me in touch with um, a guy called John Darren, who I'm still really good friends with now. And he actually runs Heart in Hertfordshire. And I actually still cover for him. And he's become like my radio guru. Mm. um, And he's been so helpful. So it kind of went from that. I was going to him and he was getting me to demo in the Heart Studio in Hertfordshire. And I was going in every single day and I was learning how to use the desk and he does drive time for them and he still does now. So I was I was watching how he'd do a show and how he'd seg songs together and how to use Genesis. And at the same time, I was going to, I think it was Capital up in Birmingham. They got me in and I was making some Capital demos for them. So I kind of had both of them going. And I was doing that for a really long time. And then next thing I know, Capital got in touch and said, you know what, we would love for you to come and do some cover for us down on the South Coast for a week on Capital Breakfast. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I drive down to their studios in Fairham. And at the time, I think it was Gillies and Emily uh, that were doing breakfast every day. So Emily was taking a week off. So I met Gillies and I met the producer and we had a real quick chat. And then we just really quickly recorded a demo together, which the bosses upstairs listened to. And then they were like, great, we've got this week. We'd love for you to come and cover. So that was it. That was kind of like my first proper gig, actually. And I got to go and do that for a week. And I remember feeling 
terrified <laughs> um after that they asked me to stay and do a demo by myself and I just remember doing this demo and it was really terrible and I feel like again if I look back to the experience I had I hadn't been doing it for a long time so my content wasn't very strong I didn't I didn't overly feel that confident myself and I made a few demos for them after that and nothing more really happened from it and then from that, I got in contact with Bauer, I think, and I they had Heat Radio. So obviously, Heat Magazine, I used to read all the time growing up. Bauer had Heat Radio, radio which was a digital radio station. And they'd been running it with just music. And they decided that they wanted to take on lots of presenters and make it all live, pretty much. So I went and demoed for them. And I honestly thought I was just going to get a cover contract. And they offered me my own show. So it kind of went from there, really. I was at Heat for two years and I did a few different shows. And Fear, actually, Fear Tarrant that I was covering for at Reading 107, she ended up getting a show at Heat as well. And she was always on after me. So it was so, radio is such a small world. So it was really fun. She'd come into the studio. We've known each other for a while. So we'd have a little chat. And then I ended up doing that for two years. And then from that, I'd always kept in touch with Global, um, obviously, because I'd done demos for them you know eight years ago (laughs) and I think after being at heat for a little while they they kind of touched base and said you know where are you at with everything but it got to the point where I knew that heat they weren't going to renew my contracts at heat anymore um I think it was getting to the point where they were going to take it off of digital radio and just have it running online um so it was a really nice point you know I went to heat and they trained me a lot and they worked so hard with me and they taught me so much Um, and it was really nice to be able to take all of those skills and then go over to global and then start doing bits with them so and that's kind of how it got to where I was today you kind of jump all over the place do a few little bits here and there and then slowly it starts building momentum yeah I love hearing people's um journey because you kind of you sort of think well everyone starts off doing this and then they do this and then they do this and then they do the other and it's kind of like that traditional sort of like that's how you start in radio and yet I don't think we've had anyone on the podcast yet who's actually followed that you know this is the standard route into radio and I think that's really exciting for for kind of people who are still on that journey to kind of hear and to realize that there isn't a a normal kind of route anymore and you know where where you might have a few setbacks along the way or you know you mentioned yeah I mean you must have you must have a lot of terrible demos if they're all as bad as you talked about in there because you you kind of slated all of them Um, yeah (laughs) but you know that happens don't you And you do something you think um I don't don't think that's as good as I want it to be but it all it all sort of I don't want to sound, you know, it all happens for a reason, but it, it yeah. kind of does. And, you know, you end up where you're meant to, um, you're meant to be. Uh, I'm interested because obviously you've done quite a lot of TV work as well. How do the two compare then? TV and, and radio, totally different kind of beasts, really. Yeah, very different beasts. And it's funny because everyone always asks me, what do you prefer, TV or radio? And I'm just like, I can't pick. I love them both. The thing with radio is I love music. I've always massively been into music. I love how music makes you feel. I love the memories music brings. I feel like music's so powerful. Um, And I love the idea of radio, as I said earlier, you know, being so intimate, talking to one person and being able, especially with heart, you know, being able to deliver a link in like 30 seconds. I think there's a real art to that. Um, And come out of a song and tease ahead and talk about hearts make me a millionaire. All these different things that you can do within 30 seconds. It's a real skill tv is a lot more animated i quite like the fact that i think when i was younger i always want i loved performing in front of people and i loved acting and i always found that when i did like drama for example for gcse's and a levels i always 
was the same character. I always had the same emotions. I was always just loud and shouty um, and I could never be, I could never be anyone else. And so I feel like I really love, I love making people laugh and I love entertaining people. And I feel like it's quite nice to be able to be animated on television and do that. And I love the rush of TV. I think like sometimes when you're with radio, if something goes wrong, which, you know, you, fingers crossed that that never happens. But if anything goes wrong, at least it's only your voice people are hearing. You can, you know, you can use that time to press the buttons and try and figure out what's going on. For example, there was a time once where I was doing a show and I put a microphone up to start speaking and I was already like an hour into the show. So I knew the mic was working and I, I fired a ramp and put the mic up and then nothing was coming through my headphones. So I was trying to do a, a it was quite a lot it's about a 45 second link I think I'd set up set up a story for people to get involved and in. I was about to read out everyone's text messages and as I was doing it no sound was coming out but the the mic light was on so I was trying to figure out what was wrong with the desk as well as trying to deliver this link but I think when you do tv and you have that element element of things going wrong you're on camera <laughs> so it adds an extra element to it which can be absolutely terrifying but I love that. I love that rush. So, um, yeah, they're both very different, but also so similar, I guess. You've mentioned kind of a couple of names as, as you've kind of been talking about your journey through radio. So I, I suspect I know certainly a couple of the answers to this. Who's kind of inspired you over the years, whether that's kind of people that you've met or people that you've enjoyed listening to? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, there's there's loads of incredible radio presenters that I really look up to and that I get to work with. I mean, for example... Toby Anstis, I was literally saying this the other day, Toby Anstis and Jamie Theakson, who I work with at heart, I used to watch them on telly when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I, I used to watch them, you know, live and kicking and like, you know, all the BBC kids programmes that they were on. And they're my work colleagues. Like I was saying now, to, I was saying yesterday to someone that I saw Jamie Theakson last week and he is so nice. So is Toby. Like, they're both so lovely. And, um, you know, Jamie walked out of work when I was stood outside Global and like gave me a hug and was like, how are you? And like, Toby, I see every week now because I have a show straight after his. And it's mad to think that I used to watch them when I was like eight or nine and now I work with them and I've always really enjoyed listening to them um I mean Toby I've listened to for a million years on heart um and on dance like and I always look up to him and the way the way he, the, the amount of effort he puts into a show and how early he comes into prep um so I love and also someone else actually that I'd say I'd really look up to probably Greg James to be honest you know he's had an incredible journey from doing the whole student radio thing to then working his way up on Radio 1. And I think that's amazing. And he's now become, you know, so he's done so well for himself and he's so well known. And it's because he's a massive radio geek. And I love that. Like, I really, De again, Dev Griffin, who I work with now at heart, big radio geek, and I'm the same. So people like that, that I really love being able to have like a, a good conversation with about radio um, and how far they've come and what we've learned and where we've ended up. But there's there's so there's so many amazing people that we work with in radio. Honestly, it's so hard to pick just one. And what's what's it kind of like being part of that? I mean, Heart is just such a such a massive brand now, isn't it in the in the radio world? But I mean, it's so well thought of as well. You know, it is it is such a, a successful brand as well. What do you think it is that's that kind of that sort of special sauce, that magic sort of ingredient that makes Heart so special? 
I, do you know what? I never take this job for granted. And every day when I walk into that studio to do a show, I just think, I can't believe I'm here. I mean, the studio is amazing. It's like flying a spaceship. Um, <laughs> and it's got, there's so many different buttons. And like, it's a TV studio. So it's, re- it's a TV slash radio studio. It's amazing. And I always think to myself, every time I put the mic up or before I walk into the studio where we've got a massive sign that says, you are now entering a 103 million listener zone and you think oh my gosh I never take that for granted I think Heart's just such an amazing brand and it's changed so much actually from the days when I demoed like I don't know eight to ten years ago when they were playing songs like Bon Jovi and it was it was a lot more chilled and over the years it has really changed a lot you know with the music that they play but I feel like and it's so cheesy but obviously the slogan is turn up the feel good and that's exact that is exactly what you get with heart like I love the music that they play it is feel good like you listen to it and you just think oh yeah this is great like it's such easy listening I feel like the presenters are all they're really easy to relate to, their stories. We're like one massive family, really. And we are genuinely like that. You know, I was doing some filming this morning with some of the girls that I work with and we just get on so well and we have such a laugh and it's just, it's fun. Like the games that they play are amazing. Like I feel like some, some of the stuff that we churn out is just insane like the pranks that they pull considering you think it's radio and you're like listening to music I feel like it's come so far now it's so visual you know hearts make me a millionaire making one person a millionaire that's insane that one person will win that amount of money but I guess it's like and oh you know if I think back to although I can't tell you what we were doing but we were doing some filming this morning and it's just so ridiculous but it's fun and it's silly and I think that's what people get when they listen to it they feel like they're part of the family and that's what we want when you listen to heart I think that's such a good description. Such a good description. So, what about the future then? So, you know, obviously, you, you you're part of 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 Heart now. Um, are your kind of aspirate? This is almost like the job interview. Where would you like to be in five years and ten years time? Isn't it? Um, you know, are, are your aspirations to 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 do more at, at Heart, or you know, is there is there anywhere else that you kind of think, yeah, you know, I'd love to I'd love to work there some someday, or is is the TV side of things kind of calling? Joe, it's funny because when um when I first demoed for Heart and I went and had a meeting with my boss, he asked me the same question, like, where do you see yourself in five years? It's such a difficult question. I feel like Heart is like one of the biggest radio brands to work for. Um, and I have a show on the network. Like, I, I just honestly don't know how I blagged that. Um, I mean, I've... <laughs> I have to say, I've worked really hard. Like I have, I've covered for them for the last four years and I've, I've, you know, missed funerals and weddings and birthdays and Christmases. I've never said no to a shift and I, I love it. Like I love being there. It's really, really fun. And I've always, you know, to be the fact that I'm now got my own network show and I get to cover on Heart Dance as well is great. I love that I'm part of both. In five years time, I think I still... I want to be, I want to be there. I still want to be at heart. I'd love to do more. I just want, I'd want to be able to do more with them again, as they're such an incredible brand. So whether it's at the moment, my show that I get to do with them is on a Friday and Saturday night. And I love it. We've got, you know, it's on for two hours. It's a massive party show. I'm on straight after Club Classics. It's fun. We do loads of shouts. It's like the dream show, really. So I'm quite lucky. And actually it ties in really well with all my TV work because 
I get to go out and do, you know, working with like the one show, for example, or I do stuff with Channel 5. And it's nice because it they don't clash. So they actually tie in quite nicely. So I can go out and do my filming during the day. And then if I have to go and cover Heart Dance, for example, in the afternoon, I can go and do that. And then I have my network show on a Friday and Saturday night. So it all kind of ties in really nicely. I, I always love to ask um, about you know, kind of your perspective and your advice for anyone that's looking to make it into the industry. And I I touched on this earlier about the fact that I love the fact that we haven't really had any two guests who've had the same sort of journey. But often um, we've had guests whose journey into radio is kind of not really there anymore because of the way that radio's changed over the last, just the last two, three years, but certainly over the last five or 10 years. But Mm. what I love about yours is the fact that, you know, kind of starting in community radio, well, there's an area of radio that really is booming. You know, there are more community stations now than there were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So that, that's, that's really interesting. But yeah, so what, what would kind of be your, your advice, any kind of tips to anyone who's, you know, looking to kind of, you know, follow your lead a little bit and break into the radio industry? It's a really good question. And actually I get asked it a lot and I always try and I always try and reply back to emails and Instagram messages or tweets to people that uh, ask me. But it's so hard because, as you say, there isn't a way. There's not one way in, is there? It's it's so different for everyone. I think for me, the one thing that people always say is that I just never give up. <laughs> I'm so persistent. But it's tough because you have to find the right side of being persistent. You don't want to become too pushy. It's, it's hard work. It's not easy. I mean, some people have found it easy and, you know, managed to get a radio show a lot quicker than I have. For me, it's taken me, if I think back from when I first started at Vibe, which was maybe in 2014, possibly. So what's that? Six, seven, eight years. And I've only just got, you know, a big network show. So sometimes it can take a really long time. But I would say definitely, you know, community radio or hospital radio is amazing for you to learn skills, learn how to drive a desk, get as much live experience as you can. Um, And although it's not paid, it will pay off eventually because you need to learn how to drive a desk and how to do your own show. And it's good because you're also learning how to produce your own show. And I think something that's quite appealing about me is I can go into a studio and I can produce my own show, create my own content, record callers, edit, edit audio and play it out. I don't have a producer on my show. I do it all by myself. Um, And I learned those skills from doing community radio and I would say as well you know as I said like don't give up so you make a demo you send it out to everyone wait for them to give you the feedback and you know I'd normally wait kind of three weeks I say is the the sweet the sweet line before you then start chasing people so give them a good two or three weeks because remember everyone's busy and everyone's you know these bosses are probably getting loads of emails that they're having to deal with in regards to their radio station as well as emails from people asking for jobs um so always wait three weeks and then just email back and be like you know what I know you're really busy I'd really appreciate your time if you could just give me some feedback and really take the feedback in it can be a hard pill to swallow when you spend ages making a demo and think it's amazing and then all of a sudden someone comes back to you and says that's not so great and you're just like I just spent half a day making that demo and that did happen to me quite a few times but the feedback was so good. I remember once making a demo for Capital and um, I spent ages doing it and I thought it was brilliant and I sent it to them and when they emailed back it was really good actually because they emailed back and they broke it down link by link and they gave me loads of feedback so you know maybe don't do it like this and you should not do that and iron out that habit and when I read it I remember being so devastated like I've just spent ages making this demo and 
you think I'm awful. But actually, I I waited a week and I had a little break from it. And then I came back to it and read it again. And actually, everything that they said completely made sense. And I took it all in and I worked on it again. So I think it's really difficult because sometimes you can get quite defensive when someone's emailing you back being like, can you not do this or your links are too long and you think I'm amazing and um, but take it in like take the advice and you know just keep at it don't give up because it is it's a tough industry but it'll pay off eventually great advice great advice um we have reached that moment in proceedings where um it is time to put your knowledge to the test in jock against the clock oh gosh okay jock against the clock Here's how it works. Five questions. You've just got to answer them as quickly as you can. However, the twist being there is a 10-second penalty for any that you get wrong. This hasn't happened yet. If you get them all wrong, then you're out. So okay. no no score. That hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. No pressure. It's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen today. <laughs> what, what is quite interesting is... We, so we're recording this kind of, what, early evening time. Um, and um, when we started recording, it was quite light outside. And it got progressively darker as we went along to the point where you were sat almost in pitch blackness. And I was thinking, this is your plan because what you've got is a printout <laughs> of Wikipedia there. And I'm not going to be able to see you scurrying through it to find to find the answers. Although you have... You, oh, not you, at all. You've I've opened, just opened the blinds. Opened the blind now. So uh, no accusations at all of, um, of cheating. <laughs> right. So this is how this works. Obviously, we'll, we'll see what your score is at the end of it. At the moment, your global colleague Angie Greaves, yeah, still top of the uh, top of the pile on fifty-five seconds. Is she? Okay. And at the opposite end, um, Dave Cooper from uh, Breakfast at Gadio on ninety-eight seconds. Now, okay. where where do you expect yourself? Where would you see yourself on this this level of general knowledge intelligence? I'm going to set the bar really low. I think I'm going to be awful at this. I'm just so bad at games, especially when there's pressure. I mean, I'm good with pressure when it comes to like radio or telly, but when there's games involved, I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> so let's set the bar low. And then if I do really well, then it'll be a big surprise. I always think it's it's kind of daft to be saying this because, you know, they, they are, as as the game show on TV used to tell us, they're only easy if you know the answers. Um, yeah. I actually think you've got... A, couple of really tough questions in in this lot so i, I oh thanks for that i feel for for you that, a little bit a little bit here <laughs> all right are you ready um no i don't think i'll ever be ready but let, <laughs> let's give it a go come on let's do this all right so in three two one start the clock britney spears did her first tv ad for which soft drink in march 2001 was it coca-cola a cargo ship caused chaos when it got stuck for six days in which canal last March? The Suez Canal, I think was how you pronounced it. God's Plan was the number one for the whole of March 2019, but who was it by? Is it Drake? Richard O'Brien turns 80 this month. What TV show did he present in the 90s, which was recently rebooted with a new host? Oh... I have no idea. Can I pass? Okay. And March 2020 saw COVID lockdown in the UK, but what was the name of the Chinese city where it was first identified? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, my mind's gone blank. How has my mind gone blank, Pink? You can pass if you want. Yeah, we'll pass, we'll pass. All right, stop the clock. Jock against the clock. Oh, my gosh, Richard O'Brien. Oh, Crystal Mays, duh. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's just come back to me. See, you, this is what I say. I'm so bad with with pressure. My mind just goes blank and I can't even remember any of the answers. It's so hard when you're under pressure, though. It really is. Like when you Wuhan. are put on the spot. Oh. That's it. Yeah, you, see, you I can answer them, all the questions now. When, when you're put under Hello. that level of pressure. Um, oh. All right, let's go back through the answers then. So Britney Spears, her It first, was Pepsi, wasn't it? It was Pepsi, yeah. And no! You, <laughs> and you said Coca-Cola. Oh, no. Oh, no. The cargo ship last March, the Suez Canal. That was correct. Yes. Well done. Uh, God's plan, number one in March 2019. Well, the whole of March 2019. It was Drake. Yes, well yes. done. Yes, thank you. Richard O'Brien, you know the answer now. You remembered it oh, literally the second that we stopped the clock, Crystal Bears. And March 2020, COVID first identified in Wuhan. You worked that one out as well. So actually, you knew all five of them. This is just what happens with pressure. My mind goes blank and I can't remember anything. It's so weird. Go on, what did I end with? Um, so, well, I mean, technically you got them all right, but we've got to say <laughs> we've got to say that you got mm. three of them wrong. Oh, so dear. let's do the sums. You did it in 63 seconds. Okay. Uh, and I was kind of willing you at the end there thinking it's better just to pass. It's better just to pass and take the penalty yeah. on that last one because those seconds were kind of, you know, they ticking were, they were yeah, ticking away. They were ticking away. Um, so three wrong. Unfortunately, that means a 30 second penalty, oh, which dear. moves you on to yeah. 93. 93 seconds is your final score. Oh, no. Let's have a look at the scoreboard. The Radio Essentials Leaderboard. That pretty much means I'm bottom. Well, <laughs> 93 seconds. The good news is, the good news is you are not bottom. Dave Cooper on 98 seconds. So oh, okay. you are ahead of Dave. And actually, we now have a tie. You go oh. joint sixth with uh, with the legend that is Scotty McClue. But, uh, At least it's not bottom of the leaderboard, which is what I thought I was going to get. So no, no, I've, no. Done, I've done better than what I thought. So that's good. And I, I mean, you can go away and say, actually... You're the only person that's got all five right before we go through the answers. Unfortunately, <laughs> just just three of them were actually after uh, were, were after we'd stopped the clock. But there we go. I would be so rubbish as a contestant on a game show, honestly. So rubbish. I, At home, I'd be really good. But then when I'm there, rubbish. I'm like this during pub quizzes. You know, you go, yeah. I, I go along and everyone goes, oh, James, you, you've worked in radio. You'll know all the music ones. And I go... Yeah, I probably will. And then when they come round, then it's like the you know they play the intros, and I'm like, oh my god, I know it. Why can't I think of it? What's happened yeah. to my brain? All that is in my brain is is how like songs that I heard once in the 1990s, and I know all the <laughs> lyrics to. It's my brain's just full of it, and then you can never think of it, can you? When uh, when funny, it comes to it, so that's it? that's fair enough. It's so annoying when that happens, but never mind. <laughs> Resi, thank you so much for for coming on. It's been brilliant to chat to you and to hear all about your um, career um, and. I think some great stuff in there as well. So thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you for having me. I loved it. It was fun. Thank you. So Radio Essentials is all about providing content and services for radio people. You can find out more about us at radioessentials.com. Uh, make sure you are following us on the socials as well at Radio Essentials. We've got a lot of giveaways, some brilliant stuff that we're going to be giving away throughout the course of this year. OK, we'll be back next month where we will have another fabulous guest from the world of radio. We'll see you then. The Radio Essentials podcast. Visit Radio Essentials online, radioessentials.com.